podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. There's a very good connection to Audi for Carlos in that his, his dad, Carlos Sainz Sr., actually races for Audi in the Dakar Rally every year. Uh, and he actually won Dakar with Audi this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the V card just looks like a business card, to be honest with you. Um, you know, v, Visa's marketing. <laughs> it looks like a debit card. Yeah, exactly. Visa's <laughs> marketing is never that exciting, but it does the job. And I think that's the, the vibe they've gone for there. And welcome to On Track GP. It's myself and Richard this morning. How are you? Good, very good. I haven't actually seen you for ages. No, I've been away. I've been on the other side of the world, just avoiding the bad weather. You know. I know. But you've been doing the same. I, so. I feel like we should just basically move the studio to yeah, somewhere hot. Just in the winter. Yeah, like yeah. while we have the off season, yeah, and then like, we could just pick it up again in Bahrain. Stick it on the beach in the Maldives. There you go. <laughs> well, I think we should do that. I definitely think we should do that. Um, but we are very nearly at the start of the season. I mean, it's gone so quickly. It has. It's it, flown. It has. And to be honest, this season, normally off seasons are pretty boring. I mean, this one's been like an extended episode it's you know it's been so much going. we've had like silly season now it's been <laughs> exactly a little bit wild and it's still going on obviously we've got the christian horner thing still going yeah. on um you know then there's i think there's still going to be some fallout from the cadillac andretti thing once we get into the season there's still noises coming from the american side so mm. It's, um, yeah, been far more entertaining than normal. Definitely. And we also do have Drive to Survive coming out very soon, which <laughs> we, all, to it. <laughs> we all love Drive to Survive. Um, yeah. And also it's the last one we're going to see Gunter in, so. It is, which is which is a big shame, but, you know, maybe someone else will come into the woodwork. Who knows, the um, the new Japanese person at Haas might turn out to be a bit of a samurai. Yeah, it could be, it could be. But I feel like it's big boots to yeah. feel. Yeah. Big boots. But we are going to talk about car launches mm. uh, today because all 10 teams have now concluded their launches ahead of the new season um red bull mercedes ferrari they've all got significant updates redesigned to their car what have you made of all the the new designs it's to be perfectly honest with you it's you can't really tell much by um by looking at them especially because the regulations aren't that different to, mm. to last year so there's not going to be any significant visual changes and the other thing is the teams always bring out one car for uh, for the launch and then they bring out another car for, for, the, for the testing yeah, yeah. and then they bring out another car for the first race. So it's very, very difficult to, to, to judge anything from that. But, uh, you know, the reality is when you don't have huge regulation changes, um, it's probably going to be very similar order to next year. I don't think anybody's going to have found something huge over the winter. Mm. Uh, and I expect Red Bull probably had some updates, which they didn't bring in last year, which they've now brought in over the winter. Well, it wasn't it with Red Bull that they actually stopped development uh, about six months, six yeah. months ago, for on the on the old car to focus on the new one. Yeah. yeah. So, what kind of changes do you think that we can see on the Red Bull? Uh, it, to be honest, it's it, as I said, I don't think we're we're going to see all of them until we get to the first race because they'll be doing their best to hide it. But the, they would have spent umpteen hours in the wind tunnel. Um, you know, from what we from the spy shots that we saw from the Silverstone test, it was actually quite unlucky for Red Bull because it was a wet day. Mm -hmm. And on the rainy days, you can actually see the aerodynamic flows and the flow of the aero looked very um, it's getting a bit technical, but it looked fairly impressive. Mm. Um, I, I, I still think Red Bull are looking favourites for the season. We think so. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the situation with Christian Horner, I mean, obviously, we, so we still don't really know what's mm. going on, but there is there is. 
a worry that I guess this, this is going to carry over into the start of the season. Mm. Do you think that's going to have an impact on Red Bull? I don't think it will because everything is so set in stone going into these seasons. It's, it's like it's a comment I made. Um, uh, I think it was last year when Vasseur came into Ferrari. You were never going to see an instant change because everything in Formula One, the cars already complete, the systems are already there. Everything is is being run in a certain way already. For any sort of change to come in when there's a team principal change, it would normally take you know, six months at the very least for, for there to be an effect. And you're going to see the same thing with Haas. It's mm. still, they're going to still be struggling at the beginning of this season until the new methods come in. Um, but it's, it's going to be on people's minds. There's no question about that. And I think the fact that it's so secret, um, you know, it, it, that, that lack of clarity is, um, is not going to help things. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, hopefully it does get resolved. Yeah. Um, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, because for me, obviously, as a Red Bull fan, I want to see the same amount of dominance course. Um, that we had at the, uh, uh, well, in all aspects last season, other than Checo, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like looking into this season, maybe we've been a little bit too harsh on Checo at the back end of last, but do you think that this is this is really like a last hurrah, I feel like, for Checo in terms of a Red Bull? Because mm. I think that these contracts obviously up at the end of this season. Yeah. So if he was to maybe be able to, extend the seat mm. is everything is riding on this season isn't it yeah 100 percent. because he's the, the reality is he's not done the job that's necessary um okay as i said he he's you know he's consistently been um um been towards the front and everything but when you look at how much more dominant max has been the question mark for red bull is going to be with the new regulations coming in for for 2025 uh i think that 25 maybe um, but then there's always a shake-up when new regs come in. And, um, you know, if Red Bull don't have as dominant a car as they have now, because when teams find loopholes, you know, remember Braun with the infamous double diffuser, mm. then you're going to need somebody on Max's level to drag the car forwards. And if Max is only not winning every single race, but winning a couple of races, and Checo's then marred in the midfield, that's going to be a disaster for Red yeah. Bull. So I think, honestly, he has to, not saying beat Max, because we all respect Max's ability, but he has to be a very consistent P2 constantly there and right on the heels of Max through this season. Otherwise, I think his time's up. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's what we what we missed from him really mm. last season. The season before that, I think we can all commend him for being a great teammate. Like he's he was a perfect person you'd want in that second seat. Yeah. But if it he needs to be reliable. He needs to yeah. be fighting for to make sure that P2 spot is wrapped up and there's no pressure on Max. I think the other thing is that if you look at the very, I, I hate this expression, and I'm sure all racing drivers hate this expression, but if you look at the very good number two drivers from the past, we're talking your Eddie Irvines, we're talking David Coulthard's, mm. Rubens Barrichello, they kind of accepted that they were up against one of the greatest of all time, you know, in, in shape of Michael Schumacher and, uh, and Mika Hakkinen. And they just adapted to make sure that they were excellent at their role and say that they were happy to be behind Mika or, or Michael. And they never sort of tried and, and con to consistently beat it. Of course, they had their days and good for them. Mm. But I think if Checo kind of stops trying to think about winning the world championship and takes that pressure off of him, mm. I know that goes against every single fiber in a, in a driver's body, but it's just the reality of the yeah. situation. Max is one of the greatest of all time yeah. and focuses on just being that consistent number two. Then I think he'll have a, a lot better year because the pressure will be off him. Yeah, I agree. I think because maybe the start of last season, there was a lot of hype over the fact that yeah. he could be battling with Max at the front. I think maybe the confidence was massively knocked when he when it, when it things started to, to dip a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, 
but yeah, he needs to just focus on making sure that as a, as a team that they can do the best they can. Yeah. Um, I think looking at the other teams, Mercedes and Ferrari, did you see any improvement on on their car in, uh, in testing? Again, it's 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 hard to say at the minute because everybody everybody keeps themselves to themselves because you know they will. I can promise you, every single team will have had uh, their high res image downloaders and looking at every little secret. So honestly, until they hit the track, I think it's, it's very difficult to say anything. But I think that Ferrari will certainly be in a confident mood going into this year with the progress they made towards the end of last season. Mm. Um, and, you know, it seems like Vasseur's methodology and, and implementation stuff, it's slowly starting to get results. Um, and we saw that towards the end of last season. I think they will probably be buoyed even subconsciously within the team about the news of Lewis. I mean, Lewis does get you a lot more excited than, uh, than Carlos. And so I think that, um, and Carlos will be out to prove something as well. So I think Ferrari are looking good. I'd say less so about Mercedes because, you yeah. know, they've had quite, I'd call it quite a negative winter so far. You know, obviously with the news about Lewis. Mm. Um, and then there's all the, the potential moves of staff going over. There's lots of chats about what Pete Bonington's going to do. Um, and then obviously there's been some criticism from Paces about George. So it's been quite a negative off-season for Mercedes. So that I don't think they're going to have that momentum going into it that Ferrari will have. Yeah, I think there's also the argument, though, that with Lewis going, I mean, Lewis is going to want to try and prove the point as well at Mercedes. Yeah. Obviously, he'd love to probably go and win the eighth with Mercedes. Whether or not the car is at that level is, mm. is another question. But I was I was going to ask you, actually, because I haven't seen you, about the Lewis move. Mm. Were you surprised by that move? Uh, no, not really, to really? be honest. But I... to move to Ferrari, where... I mean, obviously, look, Ferrari are the most iconic team on the grid, I would say. But mm. in terms of, like, progress, they've made a little bit, but they're not, they're not where they used to be. We're going back a long time. No, but it didn't really surprise me because, you know, for, the thing... I think the, a big, big decision in it for Lewis was, uh, was Frederick Vasseur. And Fred has a, an extremely good reputation uh, for running very, very good teams for many, many years because he, he created a powerhouse team in the junior formulas called ART. And when Lewis was in Formula 3 and, in Form and GP2, he worked directly with Vassar and, um, and, you know, was very, very successful in those categories. And they're spec categories. So everybody has the same cars and you just have to make the best of what you've got in terms of management, optimization, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So Fred was able to do that. And I think that Lewis knows what Fred can bring and and, and his abilities and talents and what he's do doing at Ferrari. And also he did a very good job when he was at Alpha. And I think that's what motivated Lewis. So of course, there's always the, the part in the side of a driver's head that they want to drive for Ferrari at some stage. But I think Vasseur being there was probably the, the key to the move. In terms of Carlos Sainz, do, do you think that he was aware of that move coming? And because there's a lot of talk about him probably ending up mm. at Audi yeah. um, for, for 26, but that's still it's still quite a way off. Yeah, I, I think he probably got completely kiboshed by that news. I mm. expect it was kept very quiet. I also don't think it was. I mean, look, I know you don't turn down the chance to have Lewis, mm. but I actually think that Carlos was the more, what's the word, consistent, consistent yes. driver for me at Ferrari last season. I really do. Yeah. And I think that... Obviously, it's 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 harsh. Like I think it is harsh to mm. to get rid of Carlos Sainz. I I I, I agree. Um, but you know, when Lewis comes available, you've got to make some tough decisions. And I think naturally, if you can control him, I think that Leclerc has shown more potential than Carlos has. Carlos is consistent, but is he ever going? To, does he look like he's ever going to be a world champion at the minute? You'd probably say no. 
The other thing that hasn't been spoken about much um, to do with Carlos as, uh, and Audi as well is that there's a very good connection to Audi for Carlos in that his, his dad, Carlos Sainz Sr., actually races for Audi in the Dakar Rally every year. Uh, and he actually won Dakar with Audi this year, um, becoming the oldest person to ever win the Dakar Rally. That's quite cool. Which, and that, that's a tough, tough race. Unbelievably tough. So there is a direct connection there, which I think... Ferrari probably knew <clears throat> that there's a very high possibility of Carlos going to Audi. And Audi is a project that would excite any driver. Yeah. Um, and and he'd he's, probably be number one driver, I guess, at Audi as well. Yeah, I think he would. I think he would. And, you know, I, I, if I was a driver and having ticked the Ferrari box and, you know, not, not seeing that they're going to have the potential to beat Red Bull anytime soon if you're involved in it, then the Audi, the Audi thing would be a very, very positive move. So I expect that Ferrari probably knew this and needed to put a contingency plan in place. The thing that surprises me a bit, though, is why they announced it one year early. Yeah, it's a little bit odd to do that, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I feel like this year is a bit of a weird one because we all know it's, all the good stuff is coming from 25. Yes. So it's a bit of a weird a weird season. And also yeah. with, with Carlos, that means that Audi's not coming until 26. So what is he going to do within that year? Is there is there a way he goes to Rebel in the second seat? Well, that's the thing. There's a, it, there's an interim period there which is going to be which is going to be very interesting. And I, I, I can't believe that he would take a year out. Um, no. I can't see it. I can't see it. There might be there might be a case for him to um, if Alex Albon obviously they they have an option on him uh, at Red Bull. Maybe with Checo if Checo goes at the end of the year, Alex will be drafted into Red Bull, and then Carlos could go to Williams. Um, you know, because as a, as a stopgap for Williams, mm. that would be pretty good. Plus, we don't know how Logan Sargent's going to perform. Yeah. So Williams could be looking for a stopgap solution in that seat, and Carlos is a proven quantity. Um, so it's all very up in the air, but I expect Ferrari wanted to announce it because they made tons of, of money yeah. from it when we saw the share price go up. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Um, from a Mercedes aspect, though, I mean, it's not actually looking, as, as you mentioned, it's looking quite negative. But mm. when you think of like the powerhouse that Mercedes have been, it seems like the crown has, has kind of slipped a little bit in terms of Toto as well. Like the, the relationship that Lewis had with Toto, I mean, it screams to me that there isn't that belief in the principle in the car anymore it's like every every sport i mean it's it's like everything football being a, a, a good comparison when Cycles, you're winning everything's yeah. easy and you know as soon as you get a few bad results everyone gets on the manager's back i mean look at west ham at the minute west ham won the conference league last year now everyone wants Moyes out i mean yeah. just yeah and fickle. Uh, exactly fickle very fickle and i think formula one is a bit the same but lewis is probably thinking the clock's ticking and as a driver for any driver is a dream to drive for ferrari ferrari it doesn't matter whether it's mercedes or red bull ferrari Ferrari has a higher, a higher, I would call it a want for a driver to yeah. drive for at some point in their career. And he probably thinks it's his last chance. But I, you know, I think that Toto and Mercedes have enough experience um, that they'll, they'll get back up to the top one day. Okay, uh, let's have uh, a little talk about the liveries. Um, I mean, <clears throat> for me, the Red Bull looks the same yeah uh, the ferrari <laughs> looks the same yeah. the mercedes looks the same the aston looks the same <laughs> the alpine looks the same the mclaren looks the same uh the williams pretty, pretty much the same pretty much yeah the Haas, uh, all black, like more of the black, yeah. less of the white. I mean, this is the thing which is becoming a bit... I, I think there needs to be a bit of a common sense regulation mm. in Formula One that all of these teams now are going for these uh, for these non-painted parts of the car. 
Right, I, that, that was leading me on to my, to my yeah. next question about this carbon fibre thing. Yeah, I mean, it's purely down to weight. None of it's down to the design. Mm. And I think the Formula One teams need to go, okay, this is getting, sorry, Formula One generally is going, needs to go, okay, this is getting a bit silly now. We're going to put the weight limit up five kilos just so you guys can paint the car. Yeah, because we love looking at the liveries of the car, exactly. don't we? We, we want it to, to look flashy. That's the whole, to... This is a Formula One car. This exactly. is what we want to see. Um, do you like this trend then of the carbon fibre thing? I like it in small doses. And okay. I think that, it's um you know when you have it with only a couple of the cars i think it's very very unique and i think it's quite a cool thing but if every car has it then it almost just looks like they're not finished yes you know it's like it's like when you when you're a child and you get one of those things where you have to color in the certain sections it looks like they haven't finished coloring in the sections i get you i do get you on that i want to ask you about steak and uh the v-carb i mean two ridiculous names for cars especially the v-carb steak is also going to be called kick um in certain countries that don't have gambling and then they've got the swiss thing i mean i'm just going to refer to the steak as the sirloin for now yeah the sirloin steak and the v-carb yeah uh what what did you make of both of those those cars deliveries we've got the bright bright green luminous neon for the steak and uh, for the v-carb it's just got v's plastered all over it and it's kind of like a purpley bluey metallic yeah i mean i think that the, the v-carb just looks like a business card to be honest with you um you know v, visa's marketing <laughs> it looks like a debit card yeah exactly visa's <laughs> marketing is never that exciting but it does the job and i think that's the, the vibe they've gone for there um Honestly, I like the steak. I think it's cool. It's something very, very different. It's, um, you know, you don't really see that many radical colours in Formula One anymore. Mm. So to have something like that, I think it's pretty cool. Weird but, to think that was an Alfa Romeo. Yes. Yeah, it's very... I'm looking at it thinking that looks nothing like an Alfa Romeo. And you, you also think of what sort of Audis are. Audis are normally quite conservative and quite chilled out in terms of the way they look and are on the road and you can't really imagine a neon green Audi because no, that's what it's going to become. I, I mean, yeah, when the Audi comes in, I expect it to look... Like yeah. A, in my head, I expect it to look like a TT, which it's probably not. <laughs> but like that sleek, sexy I mean, type of car. Yeah, I mean, Audi, Audi, to be honest, if you go back and look at some of their past cars, the one thing they always get right is they make very, very good looking paint jobs. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, yeah. I can imagine. And um, if you've got an Audi, then you'll, then you'll know. <laughs> um, right, let's move on to McLaren. Um, I, I think we all know how much progress that they made mm. last season. They they had a rocky start, but they definitely turned it around. Two really brilliant, competent drivers. Mm. Probably one of my favourite actual partnerships on the grid, actually. Yeah. Um, in terms of competitiveness as well. What do we think in terms of their ceiling for this upcoming season? I think they're going to have a really good year. I think they're going to have an excellent year. I think that... Um, you know, the progress that they made last year uh, to make that progress from being absolutely shocking to, you know, genuine contenders at some mm. races. I think uh, I think they're going to be going in full of confidence, knowing that they can change it around. And of course, they're just going to keep evolving their concept, which still looks like it could be improved mm. if we look at the end of last year. I think that Piastri is going to, without a shadow of a doubt, make a huge jump just because he knows everything now. Mm. He's done it all before. He's done that season. And he had a brilliant rookie season. He did, as well. he did incredibly well. Didn't even well. look like a rookie. Exactly. I think he's going to put Lando under quite a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see this happening. Mm. I think, look, I have made no secret about it. I would love Lando to be at Red Bull. I really would. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a brilliant driver. But I think that between the two of them, there's a really good battle that's going to go on yeah. and that we'll see unfold, especially this season. I, I think it's going to get quite spicy at times. I yeah. think they're going to be a lot more level. You could kind of see with Oscar last year that Oscar was quite happy to be the number two and take he his was learning. Pushing, he was pushing Lando. He was, he was pushing, but you know when, he, when there were times where he had to move over and stuff like that, he never put up a fight or anything. But yeah. I think if he's more competitive this year, which he, I think he will just naturally through 
through having had that experience, I think you're going to see a bit more friction there. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's going to evolve and be quite the test for Lando. And I think that... I don't think Lando's street cred would go down if that happened because Piastri is so highly rated. I think it will only help Piastri. I still think Lando would be rated extremely highly, even if Piastri is closer to him. Well, there's also a conversation about where, where I know he's locked into a contract until I think 27 or mm. 28, but there is a conversation about what would what would be the next step for Lando. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, though, it's Formula One. It's not quite as bad as football, but it contracts are kind of they just kind of intentions of what you can do but there's, there'll be a transfer fee if necessary yeah. and all the rest and of I it th I think that's going to be really interesting as well with the yeah. parts you know Mercedes because I think you know if you look Red at Bull. if you look at the Perez situation um, you know who's and, and Toto Wolf also actually came out and said this Toto Wolf said when Lewis went that the timing of it's quite bad because other people had signed new contracts but that just means they have to pay more money yeah of course uh, drivers will always find a way to get out if they want to without a doubt I mean yeah. I'm, I'm really I, I really am looking forward to next season actually yes exactly before we've even uh, before we've even got on the grid yeah. um, Aston Martin um, they're going to try and take steps of course to, to mm. I guess build on the progress they had at the start of the season um, Alonso was just phenomenal for, for Aston but mm. I don't know in terms of obviously as a partnership we, we, we're quite harsh on, on Lance Stroll mm. I do feel that for, for Aston to really be up there they're going to need someone, someone else in that second seat yeah 100% but when your dad owns the team then it's very unlikely well, that he's going to have to make else... some tough calls he's going to have to <laughs> yeah exactly I think you know that that's probably the toughest call to make is um, but it, it it depends on on how much Fernando can carry them but the reality is even if you said, okay, Lance, you've got to step your game up. What what evidence has there been since Lance has been in Formula One that he's able to step his, his game up? No, I agree. There's always that one random race where he'll like mm. have a decent, like maybe finish like P5 or P6, like one race a season. Yeah. But apart from that, I think that I just can't see Aston really really progressing to where I think Alonso would love them to be. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've come a long way. But I think that if they really want to try and break into that top... That, that's kind of like top three. For me, Mercedes, they've got great opportunity here with you know Mercedes probably not being completely at the races. Yeah. We haven't seen them drive yet, but from what we're going off of, I think that there is definitely a mark there, which I think McLaren can capitalize on. But for from an Aston point of view, I just I'm not entirely sure I can see them getting podiums. No, I I, I agree. The odd one. I, I I mean unless they really understand what happened with their concept because obviously they were so strong at the beginning and I then just totally dropped off. Exactly. Yeah. So that's then a case of whether they brought an all new concept or whether they've just made updates and whether the updates were effective enough. But honestly, honestly on paper I can't see them returning to the form they were in at the beginning of the season. Mm. Uh, I think they're probably going to have improved a little bit, but I don't think they're going to have improved that much. And then again, as you say, if if strolls not at the races so to speak yeah, um, nice pump. <laughs> it's uh it's it's going to be it's going to be tough for fernando mm. um no question williams um again i feel like they had an actual decent season for them alex albon had a decent uh, yeah season. alex albon had a decent <laughs> season not so much logan sergeant um but alex albon has become a really good driver mm. i think i think go, being at red bull so early on i mean it's it's a lot to, yeah, to carry yeah. and i think alex will be the first person to admit that as well yeah but he's he's definitely redeemed himself we know he's a he's a really great driver yeah. um what if the, what's the ceiling really for for Williams this year what can they achieve I think a lot will depend on on what Logan Sargent does I mean I I was personally quite shocked that he got another opportunity I think it's the American aspect I, it has to be I, I can't see any other reason um and I don't see how the gap was so big it wasn't like a, a mm. little bit it, it was, was it, it was massive and 
I know that he's come out and he's changed his training and everything like that, but I, I can't see him closing that gap to Alex. Mm. And so I think Logan's going to be under serious pressure. And I think that's going to put Williams under a lot of pressure as well, because they're probably going to be in a midfield battle again to be at the top of the midfield. And if you have only Alex scoring points, uh, it's going to make life very, very difficult for them. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, which car did you like the most? Which livery? I like the steak. You like the steak? I like the steak. I think it's so cool to have something that different. I think it's it's just like when McLaren first came out with the orange. Yeah. We've all got used to it now, but to have something really different, I think it's really cool. As you say, Red Bull, Ferrari. They all look the same. They all look the same every year. But that steak is going to be really unique. Do you think on the steak or the V-carb, there's any expectation for the season or are we just we're just basically hanging around till... every time i think of that i keep thinking of dieting you know yeah i know the steak <laughs> and the car exactly maybe they're trying to tell us something I th no I, I i i don't know i mean the a livery change and a name change is not going to change anything uh i still think they're going to be in a very similar position to how they were Back last end. year yeah I, I i think i can't see them making huge progress you know what one team we haven't spoken about really is alpine yeah it's because they were so boring last year yeah and there's been a lot of <laughs> investment we, we've said it quite a lot of times on the pod but like there's been a lot of investment going to Alpine, yeah. um, you know, from the NFL players and footballers, etc. Mm. And I feel like they've got the, the whole the whole French driver lineup. I just don't find this whole lineup particular. Uh, they're good drivers, but I don't yeah. think they wow you. And I just think for 25, I think there's going to be a big I think you hit the nail on the head. There's just no wow factor there. It's just so, they're just bland. And last year as well, they were just bland. There was nothing... There's nothing exciting about Alpine. There's nothing that no. gets you... They used to be exciting. Oh, yeah, when absolutely. They, when they were Renault, yeah, they were I loved excellent. them. Yeah, and that livery, talking about good oh, liveries, it was gorgeous. Oh, I love the Renault. But I, it just... Um, no, there's nothing exciting. And I think they'll just not be exciting again, to be honest. Well, they're going to need to with all that investment. I mean, yeah. I've just got this feeling that either that, that Checo could end up there. I've, I've said it a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, I, I think that's a good, I think that's a, a good, a good show. Obviously, the money that he brings in yeah, and course. in terms of, you know, the investors that they've got, I've got this feeling they're going to turn it into their own kind of like Wrexham yeah. documentary about Alpine. Yeah. And I think they're going to need someone like an Alonso or like a Perez to bring that in and really get people talking yeah. about Alpine. I think I think that's actually a really good shout. But I, I, if, you, if you go back and look at Gasly, and Ocon there's nothing apart from Gasly's win at Monza there's nothing they've ever really done which makes you go wow no um, the other thing to note though which is quite interesting is Perez and Ocon were obviously teammates and they hated each other yeah, so. so I mean I think I felt kind of that it would be Gasly that kept the seat yeah over Ocon well I think the other thing to potentially look at as well is if Lewis does go, Ocon could be one of the potential replacements at yep. Mercedes because Toto obviously manages him and he does have a habit of bringing in drivers that he's looked after into the Mercedes Maybe, we're, see maybe we're seeing the whole spider diagram right for us. And there you go, exactly. And we're you never know, George Russell under pressure, potentially. We're, we're seeing the moving parts. We're seeing it all. I can see that, actually. Yeah, uh, But Ocon at Mercedes, that would just, for me, that would be quite underwhelming. It would be like, okay, it, it would almost be... You've gone from Lewis Hamilton to Esteban Ocon. Ocon. It's but like, I mean, how do you replace a seven-time world champion? Of course. But Unless it's, it's with Max. Yeah, but it's... Orlando. All, but then you've got or Albon or someone like that, you know, you've got, but Ocon just wouldn't make you go, oh, okay, they're going to be a no, threat to be reckoned uh, I agree. I do agree with you on that. Um, let's just quickly talk about pre-season testing. Mm. How important is pre-season testing? Uh, for the teams, it's absolutely vital. Uh, for the, uh, and you know, for the drivers it is as well, because it shakes off the cobwebs, um, but they understand the systems. To be honest, there's very unlikely to be any huge reliability issues um this year because the cars are very similar to how they mm -hmm. have been for the previous years and teams know how they work and everything just it's more just to clarify everything um but three days is it's it's 
racing teams and drivers will always say that they want more uh, more testing even if we have 100 days we'll say we want more but well, three days definitely isn't enough I was going to say that's not really enough, definitely not enough when you're getting into you know the nitty gritty yeah. of understanding the car and the changes I mean I know they've yeah. been part of the process but putting it on track is a completely different thing yeah. it's it's nowhere it, honestly it's nowhere near enough I mean as I said even if you give them 10 days they'll want 100 days but sort of 7 days would be would be a lot better because a lot of the stuff you do in pre-season testing with a new car honestly the first day is a bit of a write off because mm. you have so many systems to check and you have to go through procedures make sure all the switches work how they're supposed to so you're not actually testing then you're just confirming that you've you've effectively built the car in the right way um but then of course the drivers then haven't been haven't driven for a couple of months so they need to get their get up to speed okay they've been on simulators but nothing on a simulator will prepare you for 5g mm. <laughs> you know yeah. so the drivers have to get the brains into gear so Honestly, three days is nowhere near enough, especially when you ha have to switch drivers between one car. Well, that's that was leading me on to my next question because Fernando Alonso commented on that and mm. said, "Why, why can't we use both cars in testing? Why, why won't they allow that?" Well, to be honest, I think that'll be twenty-two drivers saying that, and all the teams will be saying, "No way, we don't want two cars," mm. because Formula One teams will be building the cars right until the last minute with yeah. all the updates on their concepts. So the teams will never push for that, and. And that's probably why it isn't in place. But I completely agree with him from a driver's perspective. I don't see why you can't have two cars. Um, they say it's for cost, but honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's absolutely nothing. You've got 24 races a year now. The, the cost side of testing for a couple more days or having an extra car should not even be thought about. Yeah, 100%. And um, looking at the testing, what are the, what are the main things that we should be focusing on that we can, that we can see from the cars, from the drivers? Honestly, you know, when you go to test, um, 95% of the time, you know within three laps whether you're going to have a competitive year or a competitive race or something like really? that. Yeah, because it's you, you can tell immediately. And we had it last year. Everybody said after half a day that Red Bull is going to be streaks ahead. Mm. And we knew with Braun GP when Jensen Button had that year, they didn't use the car at all during winter testing. They did one five-lap run and they were fastest mm. and they knew they were okay. Um, so there's not really that much you can fix. Okay, you can fine tune your car, but until mid-season, the way it's going to look in testing is probably how it's going to be. Um, but it's, it is incredibly important. There's no question about that, and you have to optimize it. I'm excited. And so when we've had the testing, yeah. then I'm going to say to you, who, what do you think the lineup's going to be then for the season? I think you could probably call me after <laughs> one hour of the first session of the first day, and I could probably speak to someone in the paddock, and I'll be able to tell you. Really? Yeah. Okay, 100%. well, we're going to have to hold you to that. <laughs> but before we do that, I just want to know your predictions before, without saying anything. Top three for the season. Well, Max is obviously a given. Um, Oh, it's tricky. I'm gonna go Max. I think that Leclerc will be second, and I think that Norris will be third. Is that including the constructors as well? Uh, constructors, yeah. I think, yeah, Red Bull, Same way. Red Bull, yeah, Red Bull, Ferrari, and yeah, McLaren. I think. Okay. I think Mercedes really aren't going to be at the races. Uh, I totally agree. I just I don't yeah. have much faith going into. Watch them the prove us completely wrong. And yeah, probably they'll probably be unbelievable. When Lewis <laughs> yeah, goes exactly. wins a wins an eighth with Mercedes. Yeah. But we should actually start doing our predictions. We're going to make a note of them so uh, we can see where we're all at. Thank yeah. you so much for today, Richard. Pleasure. Um, well, of course we will be back very very soon because yeah, exactly. uh, it all kicks off basically. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, I hate the winter months. We've I know. Got nothing going on. I do really. I like. I know we said it at the start, but I do feel like this has actually gone way quicker than last year. Yeah, because because there's been so much going on. Honestly, who needs these standards when you? have Formula oh, One. Honestly, we've had talking points the whole way through the off-season. Uh, but don't forget, please do like and subscribe as well to On Track GP. We really appreciate it. And make sure you join us every week uh, for all of our podcasts as well. So we will see you very soon. Take care. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.